Hello, this is Walnut Grove Baptist Church's podcast. We are in Carthage, Texas, and that is in Panola County. Our pastor is Reverend David P. Mitchell, and our Sunday school teacher, our Bible study teacher, is Deacon Glenn Wade. But thank you so much for joining us, and you'll be joining this uh, current episode that's in progress. If you bow to us, Heavenly Father, we come to you, O Lord, being so thankful for just another day, O Lord. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us to lay down last night, and we thank you, Lord, that you woke us up to another day today. All your many blessings. We ask, O Lord, to stretch our hearts in our mind that we might be able to decipher these your words. These are so many blessings. We ask in your name. Amen. Amen. A major, major, in this lesson today, uh, in this lesson today, we get a chance to uh, get a glimpse of Jose and how he uh, operated as a prophet. Jose was a prophet who married uh, Goma, and Goma was a prostitute. Right. And then I first started studying the prophet Hosea. I wonder why God instructed him to marry a prostitute. But in his dealing with, with Goma, Jose got a glimpse of what the Lord was going through with Israel and that uh, Goma was not faithful to him. And Israel was not faithful to God. In fact, Israel broke God's law. But most of all, Israel broke God's heart. And so uh, we, we, we see that it kind of paralleled along with what Jose was going through. Uh, in this day's lesson, though, he, God uh, talked to Israel like it was uh, not a, a wife, but let's say it was a child. In fact, verse 1 says, when Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son Egypt. And when you think about what God is saying in that, is that when Israel first uh, formed and that uh, God made a covenant with Abraham that uh, he would multiply descendants and they would be like stars in the sky. Well, God made a special place for them um, in that in a time when when, uh, the land of Canaan was in a phantom, God had already sent Joseph down into Egypt to prepare them so that Jacob and the rest of his sons could go down to Egypt. And because of Joseph, the people of Israel were able to stay alive during a, a severe famine and lets us know that even though we're going through this pandemic uh, uh, that we're going through right now, that God is able uh, uh, to, in fact, the sharing of Israel multiplied in the ensuing year. But like any child, that, and, but God put them in a special place as if mm-hmm. a child in his mother's womb. But like any child that's in his mother's womb, uh, Israel was allowed to grow and mature. But there comes a time when that child has to be born. And, and and so one day we said, it's time for that baby to be delivered. And so God sent Dr. Moses down to Egypt 
to deliver his son, which is Israel. And so that verse first is talking about this child that was formed in Israel. They went on in, the, in, in uh, uh, Egypt with only about 75 people, and they came out with a million. Uh, so we let you know in those 400 years, they were multiplying very fast. In fact, uh, they were multiplying so fast until it made uh, the Egyptians afraid of them. They said it's going to be more y'all than it is us. And that's when they started to persecute him. But God is saying that Israel is like a child to him. In other words, he's the father that 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 that, that formed them, and so uh, he, they are his sons. Verse two talks about uh, as they called them, so they went from them. They sacrificed unto Baal and burnt incense and grave images. When you read that, it says. And I was thinking about a uh, uh, one or two year old. God is talking about uh, them as if they were little children. In fact, you ever run around behind a, a a one or two year old and you calling them? It look like the more you call them, the more they run from you. And God is saying that's what the children of Israel were doing. The more I called them and asked them to behave, the more they went to great. Uh, to our gods, the more they serve uh, everything, everything but me. So God is re- again referring to them as a as a child that will not obey Him. In verse uh, three and four, not in there, but it, it talks about them in the, in the, in the wilderness. And when they were in the wilderness, when you think about them being a child, it's like the growing pains. Uh, God was. Uh, teach them about how to behave in the wilderness and how to be people. And we find out that all they were in the wilderness, though they went through some things, God was taking care of them. He fed them. He clothed them. He provided all they ever need while they were in the wilderness, just like uh, a father would for his child. So he continues to talk about them as if they were little, they were a child, uh, his son. Verse seven says, "In my people are bent on backside for me, though they though they called them of the Most High, none at all would have called him." So uh, verse seven is is referring to the fact that God is such a love, uh, uh, long suffering. In other words. Uh, God is saying to them, even though you were backsliding, even though you were, uh, every time things got hard, you said you wanted to go back to uh, uh, to Egypt. Uh, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't send you back, and I didn't, I didn't persecute you, but uh, you were backsliding at a time when you ought to have been thanking me and praying and you was finding fault with me. Uh, and so God is saying to them, you have to rebellious uh, you Before I try to preach. Uh, I you hear that, Pete? 
Hello. 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 And so verse 8 says, How shall I give up thee, Ephraim? How shall I deliver thee, Israel? How shall I make thee uh, as Amos? How shall I set thee, uh, Zemelon? Mine heart is turned within me. My repentance are coming together. And verse 9 says, I will execute the fierceness of mine anger. I will not execute it. I will return to the, I will not return to destroy Ephraim. For I am God, my name, the whole in the midst of thee. I will not enter into the city. And what God is talking about in that is that he's saying unto Ephraim, uh, I, I, I won't, even though you have done all these things unto me, uh, God is is demonstrating his faithfulness unto to the uh, Israelis. He's saying, even though you have been a rebellious son, and if you were a rebellious son in in, uh, in Israelis' custom, uh, the father, if he couldn't get you to behave, what the father could do, and it says, and he's quoting here, is Deuteronomy 18. It says, if a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of the father or the voice of the mother, and that when they have chastened him and and will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and his mother hold lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of the city, unto the gates of his place, and they shall say unto the elders of the city, Thy son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey his our voice. He is glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of the city shall stone him with stone that he die. So shall thou put evil away from among you, and in all ears shall hear and fear. So what God is saying is that even though uh, uh, I said I could have destroyed you long time ago, he said, I am a God of faithfulness to my promise. In other words, I made a promise to Abraham that I would uh, preserve Israel, that I would raise up a nation unto him. And I'm not going to break that promise to Abraham or that promise that I made to Moses and the, Mo- and the Mosaic promise in that uh, I would bless you. But, but there was conditions in the Mosaic covenant, but there was not any condition of Abraham. It was unconditional that God would raise so uh God is saying unto them, I, I I won't I won't do you like that. He says I won't do it because I am God and and I'm not a man. And he says, uh I I am not like man. See man will break his promise to you and mm-hmm. man would you punch, but I'm a loving and understanding God, and I will not break my promise to you. So uh, that's what he's saying in verse 89. He says, "I'm gonna do anything to hurt you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, be such a loving and understanding God that that I, I chasten, I chastise you, I discipline you, but I will not uh, destroy you." And so. Uh, He's saying that unto the children of Israel. So he's demonstrating his faithfulness to them. 
And then in verse 10, he says, they shall walk after the Lord. He shall he shall roar like a lion when he, he shall roar when the shearing of cherubs tremble from the west. In other words, God is saying in here, and I like what God always does. When he talks about all the things that he's going to do to Israel for, for what they have done, he always leaves a, a hope in them. And verse 10 is the is the verse of hope in the days that God will one day gather all of his uh, the Israelis. Like a lion, he'll let out a great cry, uh, and all the children shall come home. In other words, he'll restore their land. He'll restore their, their place in, in society. Uh, he will call all home again. So he, he's saying, this is my son that's been misbehaving. I have set a place for you. Uh, and there'll be a time when no matter what happens, you'll always be able to, you'll be able to come home. And God is always waiting to call us home. Uh, now, he's had some uh, some discipline that he has to do from time to time, but he's always waiting to call us home. And what he, it, uh, when he talk about what he do to Eve uh, in verse 8, we like to think that we created the term that says, uh, I created you, taught you in this world, take you out. But God has already said that in verse 8, that I created uh, the Israeli nation, and I could have took you out any time I wanted to, but I because of your great love for you, I did not take you out. Uh, and so, God is saying that in this in this lesson, I got a, a bad child, but I'm not willing to cast him aside. I'm willing to have patience. I'm, I'm willing to to uh, have long suffering. Uh, I'm willing to be faithful to the promise that I've made to you. So all that is in the first uh, part of God calling uh, his readers to in love. Come in from anybody on that section. And, you know, Brother Teacher, that's how it is with us. You know, I hear so many times people say, if I was you, I would turn them children loose. Just let them, let them see. But, you know, if you really love your children the way God loves us, you can't take your hands off of them. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what they do. I don't care how far out there they go. If you truly, truly love your children, you cannot take your hands off of them. It don't mean that you you uphold them in their wrongness. You don't uphold them in their wrongness. But you continue to love them. You continue to pray for them. Because we was all once children. We was mm-hmm. all, everybody have went through something that they know was wrong. Mm-hmm. But did mama, daddy, grandma, grandpa stop loving and praying for us? Nope. Kept right on praying that God will, you know, one day draw us back in. And that's how oh, it yeah. is with, um, that's how it is with, um, with God, when God gets tired of us doing everything under the sun, you know, he chastises us. He chastises us, but at the same time, do he stop loving us? Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Well, I, I like the way he always wants us saved. Uh, yes. He don't, he don't want nobody. I mean, that, he talks about that in the New Testament when he says, when one sheep is gone astray, 
he leaves the 99 and go after that one. So he don't want not one to go astray. Uh, but now he chastised that chief that went astray. Uh, so we realize that, and, and that's what a parent ought to do. Uh, parent has, has and it's part of what he's supposed to do is, is, is chastise his children. In other words, bring them up in, in the ways of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, so he has the right to do this. Any other comments on that session? All right, the next section has to do with a return to God. And he talked about Ephraim feeded on the wind and followed after the east wind. And he daily increased lies and desolation. And they do make a covenant with the Assyrians. And all is carried into. And what he's talking about in, in that verse is that I like the way David said, uh, Lord, is my sister, I shall not own. He makes me to lie down in green pestles. Leave me beside the still water. He restored my soul. In other words, the Lord has already provided uh, for them. He, he fed them in the wilderness. He uh, he, he took care of them. He fought their bellies. He did all these things for them. But most of all, he bought them out of bondage. And so he's done all them things for them. But they are chasing after the wind. And what he's talking about when he said uh, followed after the wind is, in other words, you're, you're chasing after all of God that can't do nothing for you. It's like it's like chasing and trying to feed sheep with wind. Uh, that ain't going to satisfy no sheep when he's hungry. The, the feeding bunch of wind. So in other words, uh, you're chasing something that, that doesn't make any sense. And I was thinking about it for myself, some of the things that I've done over the years that, that's chasing up the things that the Lord has already made a way for me, but I'm out here trying to do something that I shouldn't be doing. And I was thinking about it. I bought them lottery tickets over the years, and, and the Lord has already told me that he'll supply my every need through his glory and riches. And here I am chasing after something that that that, 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 that that's out there that, that's hoping that I can and God has already made a way. But we find ourselves chasing after things that, that doesn't make any sense. Those are oligarchs that doesn't mean anything. And really gonna lead us broker than we was before. But we go after those kind of things instead of saying, I put my trust in the Lord. And the Lord is going to see me through, uh, but we brother stays after something that 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 doesn't make it any sense. And then he talks about in the last part of that is that we're trying to make covenants uh, with the Assyrian and the Egyptian. The Israelis was already always trying to make a treaty with another country, and, and that they would protect them from another enemy. And when I think about today, uh, our president is always talking about he signed a treaty with China. He signed a treaty with Rocket Man, or they they did some of these things. And God is saying, you don't need to sign no no treaties with them people. All you need is to believe in me, have faith in me, and and I'm better than any treaty that you sign because you mm-hmm. sign a treaty with a man. Man is going to break that treaty. And so if, if you sign a treaty with a man, he's going to break. But I, 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 I but God has. Uh, wants them to return to him. And, and one of the things that I, when I was studying this lesson, 
And I couldn't help but read Hebrews 12 and 6 for it said, For whom the Lord loved, he chastened, and served the son whom he received. In other words, God doesn't want uh, chastening. And when you think about chastising, it is not, it isn't a, that God is a judge inflicting punishment on a, a criminal in order to uphold the law, but rather it's a loving parent discipline his or her children in order to perfect his character and build his endurance. In other words, I'm, 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 I'm chastising you so that you will do better. Uh, so he's trying to get them to see what making all these bad mistakes when all the mistakes you need to be making, uh, all the things you need to do is just believe in me. Mm-hmm. Believe is one of the prophets saying in there that he has a storehouse. And if you bring your your uh, uh, ties to the storehouse, he'll hand out a blessing. And and so we ain't got to chase after the all of God that doesn't mean anything. Okay. Uh, verse 2, the Lord has also a controversy with Judah and will punish Jacob according to his ways, according to his doing, will he reap a Compensate him And what he's talking about in that Is that when uh, uh, Jacob And uh, Esau was born Jacob was always uh, Fighting with Somebody Jacob was fighting with Esau and, and that he wanted to be Born before him And mm-hmm. and, and, and Jacob was a trickster uh, he, tricked, he tricked Esau out of his inheritance Uh uh, so he tried to steal his birthright, but he was always struggling with with trying to get something the wrong way, and that's one of the indictments that the Lord had against the Israelis that they trick people, they trick people out of their their money and their inheritance, uh, and 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 trying to get rich. And boy, don't do that nowadays. We always trying to trick somebody out of something uh, instead of just being fair and honest with with everyone. We want to. Uh, Take advantage of the poor. Take advantage of the of the sick. Uh, do something to to somebody that's not able to do it. And the rich is always trying to take advantage of the poor. So that that the indictment he had. And then the other one was that they were worshiping all of gods. And I think we talked on that a little bit already. But in other words, that's the indictment he had against Jacob. And Jacob went through all that until he got to Bethel. And when we're at Bethel, it's where Jacob surrendered himself unto the Lord. Uh, and he, they talked about Jacob wrestling with the Lord for a blessing. In other words, uh, God had to discipline him to bring him to a place of surrender. And sometimes he has to do that to us. Sometimes he has to knock us from uh, our high horses down to the bottom. In other hands, we have to reach rock bottom for him to be able to get us to surrender ourselves unto him. Because what happens is when we're doing good, we get so prideful and we think, well, I don't even need the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did this. No, the Lord blessed you to have this. But we want to think that we did something without the Lord. And so Lord had to do that. And that's what he's talking about with Jacob. He had to bring Jacob to a point where Jacob surrendered himself unto the Lord. Then we'll turn to the God, keep mercy and judgment, and wait on God continuously. So what, what he's telling them is 
surrender yourself unto the Lord. Uh, but return to him. Uh, love justice. Love each other. Uh, and wait continuously for God. Uh, verse 7 says, He is a merchant. The balance of deceit are in his hand, and he loveth to oppress. And Ephraim said, Yet I am become rich. I have found me out substance in all the labor that shall find non-iniquity in me that were sin. And I that am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt will yet make thee to dwell in tabernacles as in the days of the solemn feast. God telling you that you know what? I'm a God that will destroy all the nine homes that you have made out of deceit. In other words, all them things that you've ill-gotten gained I can send a tornado and destroy all that stuff overnight. All them things that you think that you have uh, acquired through evil ways, uh, I, I can take it away from you. In other words, he tells them, uh, I'm going to send you into exile, and when you come out of exile, you will wish for a kid to live in because you're going to do some things. He says, I have also spoken by the prophets, and I have multiplied vision and, and used similitude that the ministry of the prophets is there iniquity and good ends? Surely they are vanity. They sacrifice bullets and Gilgal, yet their altars are in heap in the furrows of the field. In other words, they practice idolatry. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, all that stuff ain't going ain't gonna to help and he said, and Jacob fled into the country of Syria, and Israel served for a wife, and for a wife he kept sheep. And by a prophet the Lord bought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet was he preserved. Israel provoked him to anger most bitterly. Therefore shall he leave his blood upon him, and his reproach shall the Lord return to unto him. In other words, uh, uh, Y'all have did some evil things, and so uh, you're going to have to pay for it. Come in for a minute, And, you know, brother teacher, people think that they getting by just because they hadn't got caught. God is watching. And in due time, in due time, whatever wrongdoing, because the Bible says whatever you sow, that's what you go reap. So if you do good, you reap good. If you do bad, you're going to reap bad. But in due time, when in God's time, not ours, but in God's time, whatever we reap, whatever we sow, that's what we reap. Mm-hmm. And so, and all that has happened, God has always left the door open. Uh, and even here, he's still trying to get the children to behave and to act right and, and see admit that you made a mistake uh they became so proud or so prideful and that's the thing about getting riches and 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 getting a little bit ahead we get so prideful that uh we don't want to submit to anything including god uh, but he wants us to humble ourselves before him and he'll exalt us mm-hmm. Yep. 
Any other comments? Yeah. Nobody has any comments, sir. Well, uh, bro, uh, teacher, uh, I just would like to say you did a great job again. But as I was just want to focus on the key verse here, as we look at measure up, and uh, when I think about measure up, uh, I think about the term how we always say man up. Uh, we talk about how we all stand up for what we're going to believe in. We all stand up and be accountable for. But look at the key verse. It said, therefore, turn uh, thou to thy God. Uh, keep mercy and judgment and wait on thy God continually. In other words, what he was saying, even though we have done wrong, we have mm-hmm. to, turn to turn to God. Even uh, uh, Romans uh, 3 and 23 teaches us that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us going to fall down. All of us going to need some help. That's why, that's why David said in uh, Psalms 121, that I'll lift up my eyes unto the hill from which coming my help. And he's not looking just uh, to the hill, but he's looking at who made the hills. Uh, and then he's in this lesson, he's sharing with us, even in the wrong doing, we got to measure up because, and then it says that uh, after all the wrongness that you do, you still got to look to God because you keep mercy because he have mercy on us. Mercy is something that we have not, uh, don't deserve. And we got to realize judgment is coming after a while. Uh, after death comes the judgment. And we got to understand uh, this evening that uh, when we look to God, he have mercy on us because he, his father is sitting on the right hand of the throne and is still interceding for you and I. And he's uh, uh, asking us, uh, asking his father to forgive us. And uh, we thank God that it's judge- he, he could have judgment on us right now, but he looked beyond our faults and see our need. He, he's a merciful God. And then he said, wait on thy God. Continue. In other words, if you uh, realize, if you wait on God, God will direct you. Uh, I think uh, Proverbs 3 and 5, I believe it is, say, in all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. So in other words, if you wait on him, and then uh, uh, I believe... Um, uh, Hebrew 11 says, now faith is the substance of things hopeful. In other words, if you wait on God, God will direct you. God will show you. You got to have that faith and believe in God, and he will show you. Uh, he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. Another thing about when you wait on God, every answer that God gives us is not the answer that we really want. So what we got to learn how to understand, let his ways be uh, our ways, because our ways sure ain't his way. And that's why they said to us, we got to measure up. And then I'm just, in my own turn, I'm just saying, we got to know how to man up. We got to stand up. And a lot of us don't want to man up or measure up to our wrongness. Because a lot of us think we're right all the time. And, think, and then when we realize we're wrong, we don't want to admit that we're wrong. But we got to know how to measure up. And when we measure up, and none of us measure up to God. So we got to measure up and understand that God, he's the author and the finisher of everything. Uh, to me, and, and, and especially in this lesson, uh, we always like sing that song that anybody asking who I am, tell them I'm a child of God. And this mm-hmm. really was supposed to be a child of the children of God. And But they never did measure up. 
and uh-uh. I, I said, well, I, I accept the question these days. Uh, are we measuring up to what God expects us to do? Uh, mm-hmm. are, are we behaving the way uh, uh, God expects uh, his children to behave? Uh, are we uh, resemble more of the world than we do God? Uh, you ought to be able to see uh, him in us mm-hmm. uh, if we're getting up to what we ought to be. Uh, uh, if you can't see it in us, then we might be more uh, a yeah. child of that. Yeah. And brother teacher, and also, you see it there? Yeah. And also, you know, with measuring up, a lot of times we think that, oh, just because I'm not doing what they doing, then, you know, I'm measuring up, I'm doing things right. But our right might be wrong. A lot of times we do stuff traditionally thinking it is the right thing to do, but some traditions are wrong. Amen. And that's what Jesus had to prove to, to the, the Pharisees. Uh-huh. You get tradition and you don't have any compassion. Uh, yeah. Uh, understand anything. Uh, and what seems right in the eyes of man might not be right in the eyes of God. That's right. Again, also, we we got to realize on this journey, we're going to fall short. And that's why it's, it's sharing with us that wait on, the, uh, wait on God because even if we fall short, do we do we supposed to give up or do we supposed to bounce back up? We uh that's why I said uh it's not about us, it's all about the Lord. And that's why uh I think uh Paul, uh the Bible teaches us that let this uh, Paul says let this mind be in you that also in Christ Jesus. And then Paul also said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthen me. And in other words, even though when you are weak, you're still strong in the eyesight of God. So even in your weakness uh, hour, God will make you strong. So, yes, we got to know how to wait on God, and he will uh, allow you, you know, to get back up again. Yes, we're going to fall down, but we got to measure up. We got to understand that I'm on this Christian journey. And remember uh, how the uh, young man fell among thieves, and they left him half dead. But he, uh, God sent somebody by the wayside and helped pick him up. So, you know, when you fall, God going to give you some help somewhere down the line. Yeah. Amen. Uh, I, I think one of the things that the Israelis uh has been I think he is one of the very brought it out. One of the things the Israeli did and said is he said is that they called me. They called me and they and they they said that they are uh children uh, of God. He said, but but they, they go to another direction. And mm-hmm. I think one things he wants us to do. If we're going to call him Lord and say he's our Savior and say we believe in him, then we 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 got to behave more in line with what he's uh, asking us to behave. In other words, he is he is upset that we, we turn our back on him and, and misbehave. And, and we have no reason to do it like a father who raised up a child and that child won't even return the love that he gave to him when he's raising him up. That's how they broke uh, God's heart. 
all that he's done for them, all that he did for them. Uh, when he bought them out of Egypt and all he did for them, they wouldn't even obey and, and acknowledge him as their Lord and Savior. So uh, he's asking us to obey me, obey me and, and respect me and 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 have some kind of the same love that I have for you. You ought to return some of that love to God. Amen. So true. Has anybody else got anything they want to add? Well, it's not. We have an eight, so I don't. I believe all of us have yet, yet eaten. Well, a lot of us may not have yet eaten. But, uh, before we uh, close, uh, I, I want to say to us, I don't believe uh, they have uh, found the young man yet they, uh, up there. Uh, I hadn't heard anything else, uh, but on the search yesterday, they had not uh, found him yet. So we are asking that we continue to pray for the family, uh, whatever the Lord sees fit. And we we are praying that he, he will be alive and, and whatever the Lord sees fit. But we just ask all of us to pray for that family and pray for him, uh, wherever he may be. Uh, and pray that he come home safely. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, and we just continue to pray for everybody. Again, we thank all of you for sharing in tonight. Thank you. We ask that you measure up. Uh, so, uh, does anybody else have anything? We're getting ready to dismiss, and we'll uh, look forward for Sunday morning at the 10 o'clock hour. Uh, so, if there's nothing yeah. else, Hi. Pastor Erica wanted to say something. Okay, okay. I want to say something. Um, my, my friend, mother, Nancy, Nancy, Jesse, mother died. I just wanted to say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend, mother, uh, he got a, a sister, and he got another sister. He got two sisters. You want to pray for them? For the family. family. And he got two nephews. Got three. Yeah, he got three. And he got, uh, well, I guess he got one of them away. He got. Uh, oh, what's the family name here? It's the Scott family. Scott family. He didn't mean to get the Okay. The cotton, you said the cotton? Scott. 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 Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, if there's anything else, we're going to pray for the Scott family. And the, I believe I'm pronouncing Macmillan. Yeah. Uh, and the Horton family also. Father God, in the Amen. name of Jesus, we thank you for this worship it out. We thank you for this study. Thank you for the teachers. Thank you for the students. We just thank you for the gathering of the Walnut Grove. I'm sure we had to continue to strengthen us. We ask that you will just continue to follow on every leaning side. Now, Master, we are asking that you, as you already have and already will, 
that you look upon the Scott family, look upon the Macmillan family, and look upon the Horton family, we ask. And, and those that we have not called off, we know that you are prayer here and asking God, whatever the situation is, we put it in your hands because our hands are too small. We ask in the name of Jesus that you fill them, uh, their voice right now. Look upon the sick, children, and the bereaved family. Strengthen us in what we need. Father, we need you. We can't do, can't do nothing without you. Bless, heal, and deliver. Now, in the name of Jesus, we ask it all. Amen. Thank God. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless. We'll hear from y'all Sunday morning. Amen. All right. Y'all right. have a blessed day. Okay. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Walnut Grove Baptist Church podcast. If you feel led to do so, you can leave a gift at bit.ly slash walnutgrovegiving. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.